Sorry, there's a lot of technical things. I'm like, what, what, what's going on here? I haven't seen this gadget before. Um, but I'm, I'm very excited to be here with you um, this morning. Um, it's such an honor and a privilege to be able to speak to you guys. Um, Pastor Steve asked me a while ago, and I was like, yeah, that's great. That's great. And I was sharing with someone. I was like, yeah, I love it. I love speaking. But the night before... I'm like, why? Why did I say yes? Why, why did I do this to myself? <laughs> I don't want to do this. And then in the morning, I'm like, no, I really, can I call in sick? And this is just one of those jobs you can't call in sick for. You just can't because it's very unkind to the person who will have to fill in for you. And I can't even use COVID as an excuse. So, you know, that was also my go-to. Like, can I say, <laughs> no, I can't. I really can't. But I am so excited to be here with you. Um, some of you may be wondering, who is this girl who is standing in front of us we have never seen her before does she even go here who is she so some of you may know who I am but I'm just going to do a little bit of an introduction just in case you don't so my name is Taffy how many of you know Virginia oh look at those hands I remember when everyone used to introduce my mom in the way of oh does everybody know Taffy's mom she used to be known as Taffy's mom if some of you know my brother Mark Mark used to be known as Taffy's sister and he did not like that at all he used to go my name is Mark can you not refer me to Taffy's sister so I actually have to come back and be like, oh, I am Virginia's daughter. I am Mark's sister. And I'm like, I have a name. My name is Taffy. So now I know how they feel. So um, I have been with Haven Family Church, um, I want to say since day one, but that would be lying, since day one of having morning services. So Haven Family Church actually started when we had um, evening services. But when they started morning services, um, that's when I started coming. And actually to say I was fully committed from day one, that would be lying to you. So there's no lying that's going to happen on this stage. My mother said, we are going to go to Family Church Haven't. I said, no, who is this Pastor Steve? I know Pastor Andy. I enjoy how he preaches. I'm going to go to Central and you can go to Haven. So I said, I'll give you one Sunday. Well, we know what happened. One Sunday turned out to very many, many years later, and here I am. So in 2015, um, I left to go as, to do a six-month course called a discipleship training school um, in Australia. I know you're like, what? Who goes to Australia? Where is that? Yeah, I also was like, where is that? But God spoke, and I was like, yeah. Um, Pastor Steve fully released me and he said, even if God says for you to stay, you can stay. Kirsty, on the other hand, said, no, Taffy, you come back. And I said, okay, we'll see. I want to come back. But, you know, God had other things in store. And six years later, I am serving full time in missions in Australia and in Papua New Guinea. And this year, actually, I moved to Papua New Guinea permanently. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. So if you don't know where Papua New Guinea is, please get on your map. Look for Australia. Just above Australia, there's this little island that is Papua New Guinea. And you're right well with your geography. Who would have known that you're going to come to church today and get a geography lesson? Did you know that? Yeah, you tell your friends, go to church, you get lessons on everything, God, geography, all things that happen. So today, do we have our Bibles with us? So if you, if you don't, even if you have your device with you, we have our lovely AV team, they're going to put the verses behind us, but I would love for you to open your Bible when we go to the verses so that you can actually see, because my message for today is, give us eyes to see. 
So look at the person next to you. Do they have two eyes? Please, we need to make sure. Some may have four eyes, but I'm sure everybody has two eyes. Some may have four eyes that are invisible because they were in contact lenses, but that's okay. Everybody can see each other, yes? Yes, we don't have to lay hands on anyone for the blind to be healed. No, I, I, I really, that's not my gifting. But I believe and I walk in faith, and I love the people that actually, when it happens. But everybody has two eyes, yes. Yes, we all have two eyes. So you must be thinking, Taffy, why would you be asking us, give us eyes to see? Because we can see. We can see you standing on the stage. We can see the person that is sitting next to us. Why would we need eyes to see? But actually, today I want to challenge you and for you to get on a journey and step into something different and ask God, give me eyes to see beyond the physical. Give me eyes to see beyond what is in front of us. Because if anything, COVID has wrecked us like there's no tomorrow, right? Yeah, we just, we just see someone sneeze and we're like, oh, I'm just going to take five steps back and maybe I might speak to you, maybe I might not. We see someone sniffle and we're already like, yeah, 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 okay, okay. You know, and I was laughing with my dad last night and he, um, we were saying about how there's the flu breakout. And, and we were like, oh my goodness, how are you going to know? How do you know that someone has the flu or someone has the COVID? Because it's the same symptoms. But we were laughing about it. We're like, oh, how are we going to know? And we're laughing. But actually, it's a reality. Because now we see things and we already make an assumption or we make a judgment. And that's just wisdom. But actually, have we stopped seeing beyond the physical as Christians and stopped seeing what God wants us to see? When we see someone walking through the door, do we quickly judge them for what is outside? Or do we stop and ask Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what do you see in this person? How can I love on them? How can I be the light in their lives? So today I'm going to ask you, would you stop seeing with your physical eyes and ask Holy Spirit to come in so you could see with your spiritual eyes? So I'm going to use a little example my mom is not here, so she'll be very happy that I'm not going to use her as an example because she used to hate it. Every time I would speak, she'd be like, why? Why do you use me as an example? Like, there's so many people in the church. But I'm going to use Chris. Does everybody know Chris Mills? We, we love Chris Mills, right? Is he, like, you got a hand clap there at the back, eh? Well, that's, so that's amazing. But I want to introduce you to Chris Mills, the guy who walked into church the first day. And I was right there by the door have never been part of the hosting team, but people would think I am part of the hosting team because I'm the person at the gate going, hi, welcome, because I just love people. I really do. So I'm there, I'm like, hi, welcome. And Chris's face is like, don't, why are you even speaking to me? Like he is a giant who is like, his face was like, don't you even breathe and I will come down on you like a ton of bricks. And here is Taffy going, hi, welcome to church. And he's going, oh, this is too much. Can you dial it down like 500? Like, can you just not even just smile or do anything? So anyway, long story, Chris is a very good friend of mine now. But I remember that day, and I remember looking at him and his face. And I remember God saying, look at my amazing child. He is going to be one of the most loving people ever. He is going to be that person that people want to go and say hi to. 
And lo and behold, a few, a long few weeks later, he was the person where all the kids would be around him. He used to be called the biscuit man. He always used to come with some treats or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I want to be a kid so I could just get these biscuits that happen before church starts. So don't think it happens after church, before church starts. But then he just, he just was. Can you ever imagine family church without Chris Mills being there? I can't imagine it. And, you know, today I went to his wife and I said, where's your lovely, bubbly husband? Where is he? And talking to everyone, and lo and behold, he was talking to everyone. Um, But, you know, would we have eyes to see as Christians beyond what is the physical, beyond what is right in front of us? Because you know what? That's exactly what Jesus Christ did. But somewhere along the line in these miraculous 18 months, we have stopped believing who we have been called to be as Christians. We have stopped believing that we were called to look beyond what is in front of us, but to see the person for who they are, to step out and believe who God has created that person to be. Because this world needs more people who would step out and love people just where they're at and call out the best in them. And I am sure there is somebody in your life who came to you and spoke goodness in you when you didn't even feel good. Even when you didn't want to. I'm sure there's somebody, when you walked into this church, was like, hi, welcome. And you're like, oh, you're just too much, too much. But that too much became like, I look forward to that. I'm called the hugger, so you know, like hugs. You know, I'm that person, person that hugs people. So you understand what COVID did to my life. (laughs) You know, I was like, like I've become that person now that's like, hi, do we, are we, do you hug, do you not hug? That's like my first conversation because I'm like, I, I automatically will go in for a hug. Even the ones that don't like hugs, they end up liking taffy hugs. <laughs> so if you've never experienced a taffy hug, that's your mission for the day. All right, so we're going to open our Bibles to Isaiah 43, verse 18 to 19. So Isaiah 43, verse 18 to 19. So before we even go into what does it like, what is it like to have eyes to see, we need to look at the Word of God and see what is God asking us to do? What is our new norm? That's also another word that you never want to hear again. Zoom. New norm, COVID, those three words, I'm like, no, no, no. Can, can they just be excommunicated from the dictionary? I'm sure they've been added to the dictionary just because of this pandemic. But, you know, what does it mean to have a new norm as a Christian? Because what used to be normal for us as Christians, gathering, coming together, having mass, like for outreach for us with my group, some people love evangelism. We couldn't do mass evangelism. Because that's like, oh, breeding ground of COVID, what's going to happen? But in that, it was like, what's the most loving thing? So we asked, we stopped, we prayed, and we asked God, God, how can we love our community and still spread who Jesus Christ is? And he gave us solutions. They were different solutions, but he gave us solutions to the situation. And we still saw so many people come to Christ. So we're going to go to Isaiah 43, verse 18 to 19. And this is what it says. It says, okay, I'm not reading the right one. Sorry, I'm on the right one now. And it says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. 
This is what God is asking us to do. And he was speaking to the Israelites. And there's a lot of like crazy things that had happened with the Israelites. And he's coming and he's reminding them and he's saying, forget the former things. Forget what happened when you were enslaved. And that used to be your normal. Now see what I am doing. Look at what I am doing right now. Every time when something happens that is a disaster, we need to stop ourselves and ask God, God, what are you doing in the midst of the disaster? Because for every bad that the enemy wants to do, God is going to turn it out for good. Think about the people that have been reached out to in this time that would, we would never have reached to if it wasn't that we had to find creative ways. Some people who could never physically come to church now became a part of church because it became online. Yes, was it inconvenient for the rest of us who wanted to physically be in the church, physically see someone? Yes, it was. But imagine the souls that we reached that would never have stepped foot into this building, but now can say, I want to be part of the church. So every time something is happening, we have to stop and we ask God, God, what are you doing? What am I asked to do? Give me eyes to see beyond the pandemic. Give me eyes to see beyond the disaster that's in front of me so I can see what you're doing. And that is what Isaiah 43 is encouraging us to, to do. So as we look at that, now we see we are created to have eyes to see. And we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9. So 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9, and it says, oh, I need to go to 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9, because what my iPad says and what's happening is not actually the truth. Okay, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9, and it says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. So remember at the beginning I said, would we have eyes to see beyond what is physical? But we can't do that in our own flesh. We need to ask Holy Spirit to come in and help us to see, help us to go beyond. If I hadn't been praying and looking beyond Chris's face, you know, Thank you, Chris, for allowing me to use you as an example. Um, if I hadn't been able to look beyond that, I would have been, oh, all right, all right. Why are you coming to church grumpy? Maybe you need to turn around, change your attitude, and then come back in. No, 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 no. The church isn't here for people who are going to turn around, change their attitude, and come in. It's come as you are because we are family. In your family, do you have people that always have the best face ever? Actually, it's the opposite. Most of the time, they come with their attitudes, and then there's a fight, and then there's this. But they come. They're family. Do you stop saying, no, don't come in? Change your attitude, and then come in the door. Okay, some children, you have to tell them. Okay, change your attitude. <laughs> you need to sort that out, and then come back in. But we, we accept and we love. And that is what God is asking us to do. So no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. So if it, we haven't seen, but then it goes on to the next verse and it says, but God has revealed it to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. So Holy Spirit is there to help us see beyond our physical eyes. All we have to do is to invite him in. Yeah? So we're empowered to have eyes to see, yes? Yeah, can you look at the next person and say, you have more than two eyes. If they have four eyes, say, now you have more than four eyes. 
Okay, yes. You have more than two eyes. You are empowered to see. So you must be wondering, what are we empowered to see? Yeah, I see now. I see beyond it. There are three things I want us to focus on. That God has given us eyes to see, to love the people around us. That's one thing. God has given us eyes to see, to have compassion. God has given us eyes to see that we would be the church. And I know Pastor Steve touched on it brilliantly last week. So just a little snippet. When Pastor Steve came up before he started his preaching and he says, I have a word for someone in this room. God sees you. And here I am because, you know, this word has been in my head. I've just been going through it and through it. And I go, Pastor Steve, are you stealing my message for next week? Do I have to, like, prepare another week, you know? And then I'm going, okay, no, 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 just chill, just chill. And then he goes, yeah, God sees you. And I said, oh, God sees you. Okay, mine is like, do you have eyes to see? Okay, okay, that's cool, that's cool, okay. Maybe it's, it's going to all work out. And then he starts using all the verses that I'm going to use. In the part I go, Pastor Steve, you're literally stealing my message. What is going on? He wasn't stealing my message. It was just Holy Spirit moving through him. But in that, I went, I went up to him and I said, Pastor Steve, he kind of stole my message. Now I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, what should I talk about? He goes, just ask Holy Spirit. You know, he will tell you. Maybe you're just supposed to go deeper with the message. And I said, yeah, that's true. And, and he was like, maybe it's just a confirmation to tell you that you're on the right page. And I was like, all right, okay, I'll take the second one. It's a confirmation. So anyway, back to the message. So those three things we're going to focus on. One is that we would have eyes to see to love the people around us. We would have eyes to see to have compassion we would have eyes to see that we are the church. We're not a building. We are the church. So wherever we go, we are representing who Christ is. So we're going to unpack that a little bit. We're going to start with the first one where it says, God, give us eyes to see how we can love one another better. So we're going to go to Luke 19, verse 1 to 6. And if you have read your Bible from back to front, you might be like, yeah, I know the story. I know this guy called Zacchaeus. Does anybody know a friend called Zacchaeus? No one. That's true. Because nobody uses those names these days. But in PNG, in Papua New Guinea, I was saying something. And I was like, oh. And this, there was this person who came up and he goes, hi, my name is Zacchaeus. And I was like, huh, Zacchaeus. Wow, your parents love the Bible. And he was like, yeah, they're pastors. And I was like, okay, makes sense now. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. So, you know, please, do name your name. Do name your child Zacchaeus. Um, but it's, it's a bit of a long name. But there was this chap called Zacchaeus in the Bible. And Zacchaeus was a bit vertically challenged like I am, you see. So I was just talking to the people at the sound desk. And I stood behind it and I said, I think the sound desk is not designed for people like me because I feel like you want to shut me away to see what you're actually doing because really I can't, I can't see anything. I literally, the sound desk reaches up to here. So I feel like Zacchaeus was a bit like me, you know, vertically challenged. I feel like he was a bit more vertically challenged. But, you know, he really had some issues. Like if I stand next to Chloe, like I'm like a midget. Like sometimes she says something to me during the service and I'm like, Oh, Chloe, my neck is sore, you know? So I'm vertically challenged. Zacchaeus was vertically challenged. But you know what? He was not a nice person. 
I, I hope that I'm vertically challenged and I'm a nice person and you would think I'm a nice person. But Zacchaeus was not a nice person. He was a tax collector. And back then, tax collectors did not have a good reputation. And he was ruthless. Like, not even like, oh, I'm a tax collector, I'm bad. Like, he was known. He had a reputation. So, fast forward, Jesus comes into the city. He's walking around with his people. And he hears, and, you know, as curious as Zacchaeus is, he goes, I want to see. But Zacchaeus can't see because he's sure. And there's so many people. So he decides to climb a tree. And this is where the story gets very interesting. We're going to read the story, and then we'll unpack it a little bit. So Luke 19, verse 1 to 6. So Luke 19, verse 1 to 6. And it says, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. So in this, pers- in, in this moment, Jesus sees Zacchaeus. He doesn't just see Zacchaeus for who he is physically and the reputation he has. Because if you read on the scripture, it actually goes on to the, to the disciples actually chastising Jesus going, um, hello, do you know how bad this man is? Why are we going to go sit in his house? And Jesus is like, dudes, just chill. I feel like that's what he would have said if he was in the 21st century. I'm sure he used some very good English. But, you know, in that, Jesus saw Zacchaeus, not just for what his reputation was, but he saw him beyond that. And he went and he decided to be part of his house, to go into his house. Have we stopped seeing the people around us and loving them where they're at? Have we stopped to, to, to actually go, I see you, not because of what people say, but because of who God has created you to be? And because of the love that Jesus had for Zacchaeus, his world was turned around. That one meeting, that one meal, despite what people said, turned him around to the point where he let go of all his things. He let go of who he was because he wanted to follow someone who would see him for who he truly was. Would we be the hands and feet of Jesus that when we look at people, we love them so well that they want to know the God that we serve. We love them so well that they want to be connected and go, who is this God that would see beyond my mistakes, that would see beyond my flaws? So today I encourage you, be that person that loves the people around you and goes out of your way to do something as simple as visit someone from in their house. Okay? Number two is give us eyes to be moved with compassion. So Matthew 14, verse 13 to 17, this also is a familiar one. But I remember when I was at the age of 14, I was at boarding school, and it was an all-girls boarding school, so, you know, teenagers, emotions are high. Everybody wants to be best friends with everybody. And I just loved people. So I'm the only girl. So 
boarding school with all girls was like a dream come true. It was like a slumber party every single day. I was like, yes, I actually don't have to be with my brothers who annoy me 24-7. It was amazing. But in that, I just loved people. But as you are a teenager, it's like one day I'm your best friend, then the next day I'm this person's best friend. But I got to know who Jesus was when I was in high school. And I was passionately in love with God. And I remember I was like, God, but I want to be everybody's best friend. And everyone's like, no, you can't be everybody's best friend. And I remember one day I was so sad and God led me to this verse. And it is in Matthew 14, verse 13 to 17. And it says, as soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. But the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. And we're going to stop there. He had compassion on them and healed their sick. When we see people in need, what do we do? Do we have compassion or do we just look and go, oh, there, there, God bless you. I'm just going to go about my way. The Lord be with you, you know, or, or are we filled with compassion? You know, the Hebrew word for compassion, there is actually no word to describe it. It actually says it goes deep, deep to the, to the depths of who you are. It's beyond a feeling or an emotion. It means you are, you're connected to what is happening. That is what compassion is. And here Jesus is moved with compassion as he sees um, these multitudes. But he just isn't moved with compassion and he stands there and he goes, oh, there, there, and walks away. He's moved with compassion to the point where he does something about it. Would we be a church that is moved with compassion, that we do something about it? When we see a need, that we would step out and do something with what we have. And verse 15, it says, That evening the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, That isn't necessary. You feed them. But we have only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. And this is the part that really got me. It's Jesus didn't wasn't just moved with compassion, but he did something about the compassion, but he also empowered others to do something. Not with what they didn't have, but with what they had in their hands. He didn't say, go out and find something that is way beyond what you have. He said, what do you have in your hands? Yes, with that, go and be compassionate. With that, go and love the people that are around you. This is who God calls us to be, not to go beyond our means, but to do something with our compassion. Okay? Are we tracking? Yes? Okay, last but not least is God gives us eyes to be the church. And I know Pastor Steve shared an amazing message last week about how we are the church. The church is not a building. It's about individuals. But with that, I want us to take it a step further. If we are the church, that means you're the church in your workplace. You're the church when you go to the supermarket. You're the, wherever you are, you are the church. So how are you bringing the church to the environment that you're in? So I'm just going to share one quick story about a lovely lady that you're going to find in John 4. So if we can go to John 4, and then we'll find out this lovely lady that I'm going to talk about. So in John 4, we have 
this lady called the Samaritan woman. And we need to understand that the Samaritan woman back in the days, Jesus meeting a Samaritan woman, he was, he was a Jew and she was a Samaritan. Those two never mixed. It didn't happen. And, and you don't even talk to each other. So the fact that he would talk to her, it means that in that moment, God saw her. But he didn't just see her as the woman who had all this history. Like if you read the whole of chapter 4, it actually talks to you about who this woman was. But I'm just going to go in at the beginning of the verse where we will touch on John 4, verse 7 to 9. And verse 7 to 9 says, When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews did not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered, If you knew the gift of God, who, who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. I just went on a bit further to verse 10. And when Jesus stepped into that moment, he didn't just see the woman as the history that she had. He saw her as the person that she was created to be. And in seeing her as the person she was created to be, it goes on further into the story. And it says, because he told her all these things, she went and she believed who he was. She went to her village and she told them about what had happened to her. And because she told them about what had happened to her, actually her whole village came to know Christ. Would we be a people who are the church that represents who Jesus Christ is in every environment that we go through? It's not just the church in this building, but it goes beyond these four walls. It goes to the people that we meet every day. May they see a representation of who Christ is. So as I wrap up, I want to encourage us. Would we be people that go, God, would you give me eyes to see, to love the people around me? Would you give me eyes to see that I would have compassion, but not just any compassion, but I'll be moved with compassion to actually do something, but not beyond my means, but with what I have. Would I have faith enough to go, Lord, this is what I have. How can I bless the people around us? And lastly, would we have eyes to see, to know that we are the church, not just on a Sunday, but on every day, in every area that we walk to, in every place that we are in. We are the church. So I know a lot of you may be like, yes, I know who Jesus Christ is. Maybe my eyes have just been opened so that I would see beyond my physical eyes. But maybe there's some of you in this room who are going, yeah, Taffy, it's great that you're talking about this man called Jesus, but I have no idea who he is. But I really want to know him. I really want him to be a part of my life so that I can be that to other people. Jesus Christ, when he left this earth, when he died and he went to heaven, he said, I am leaving you a counselor. I'm not leaving you alone. I'm leaving you with a counselor called the Holy Spirit. And with the Holy Spirit, you will do greater things than I did on this earth. Can you imagine Jesus, God, who did these amazing things when he was on earth? And he goes, guess what? I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit. And you know what? You're going to do greater things than I did. 
you're going to go to multitudes and be moved with compassion and do greater than I did. You're going to see someone who is different from you, who has a history, who has a past, who people speak badly of them, and you're going to see them for who they are and do greater than I did. That's the Jesus that we serve. So if you're thinking, I I don't know who this Jesus is and I want him in my life. I want to give you an opportunity to accept him into your life. And afterwards, if you have said this prayer for the first time, we have the lovely Mark. He's going to be at the back and he is more than happy to talk to you about the decisions that you have made. But when we finish that prayer, I also want to pray for all of us that we would have eyes to see beyond the physical, that the church would rise up And be who we were created to be again in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of a pandemic. That we would love the people around us. Do you know how fearful people are within your workplace? Even just going to the shop, do you know how fearful people are? They're so fearful that we've forgotten how to interact with each other. We've forgotten how to be kind to each other. You know, the other day I was just walking and, and someone bumped into me and I said, oh, I'm so sorry, are you okay? And they were so shocked with the fact that I would actually speak to them. And in that they said, thank you. I know it was my fault that I bumped into you, but thank you for saying something to me. People are starving for human connection. People are starving for someone just to say hi to them. We don't have to physically touch them. But would we be kind enough just to say, hi, how is your day been? When you're at the checkout place, would you just be kind enough to say, hi, good morning. Thank you for serving us today. It doesn't cost you anything. What do you have in your hand? You have a mouth. You have eyes. Would you spread love to the people that are around us so that they would want to know who is this God that would make someone be so kind in the midst of so much unkindness. So if we could bite down our heads. And um, we're just going to pray. For those who haven't given their life to Jesus Christ, I'm going to give you an opportunity this moment. Heavenly Father, I ask that you would forgive me of my sins, Lord. I have heard of who you are, how loving you were, how compassionate you were. Lord, I want to receive you into my life. Not just for today, but for the rest of my life. I want to know what it is like to live in the fullness of who you have created me to be. Jesus, would you come into my life? Lord, I let go of the things of the past. I forget the things of the past and I want to step into the new the new of who you are, Jesus. So, Jesus, I invite you into my life today and accept you as my personal Savior. Amen. If that was you again, I want to remind you, would you go at the back and just have a chat with Mark? But now I'm just going to pray for all of us that we would have eyes to see. Heavenly Father, I pray for each and every person in this room, Lord. That, Lord, you have blessed us with two eyes that we would see. But, Lord, I pray that we would go beyond what we can physically see. That we would be blessed with what it means to see spiritually. That we would see the people around us, that we would love them. 
not just love them by the word that is said, but we would love them in action, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would give us eyes to see, to have compassion over the people that we see, to have compassion over the people that we meet. But Lord, not just compassion of, of, of just having a feeling inside of us, but Lord, that we would go beyond that and we would see what is in our hands and we would say, Holy Spirit, come. Come and show us how we can be a blessing with what we have. And lastly, Lord, I pray that you would give us eyes to see that we are the church. We are the church in every environment that we walk to. We are the church from Monday to Saturday to Sunday, even when we walk into this building. We are the church. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would be in each and every person in this place. That you would open their eyes, that they would see. That they would see beyond what is physically in front of them. I pray this in your holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, guys.